Hello and welcome to the 27th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline as we take a look ahead to this week's Senior Bowl practices with a preview of the offenses for both the North and the South. We'll handle the defenses on another show. We will be getting into Mobile, Alabama on Monday. Tony, are you ready? Well, I hope we'll be getting into Mobile, Alabama on Monday. As many people know, uh, there was a major storm moving into the Northeast, and Chris and I are both in New York. Hopefully, we can get out. As far as being ready, uh, I think I'm as ready as I'll, um, I'll ever be. I mean, I've been to every padded Senior Bowl practice since 2000. That was the first time I ever attended the Senior Bowl, so I'm uh, getting a little long in the tooth at this. Uh, really looking forward to this year, though, that's for sure. Now, we have a couple of housekeeping notes before we get started on the preview here. Uh, to start, Appalachian State's Jalen Moore, who we discussed as a senior bowl participant several weeks ago when we were going over the bowl games, he wasn't medically cleared to participate this week, could still be there for interviews, save some NFL teams those combine interviews that they don't have enough of to get all the prospects in that they want. few others that won't be at the game after initially accepting invites, Northwestern's Clayton Thorson at quarterback, Michigan State running back LJ Scott, who has an ankle injury, Washington running back Miles Gaskin. Baylor wide receiver Jalen Hurd, who had knee surgery in December, missed the Bears bowl game. Now he's going to miss senior bowl week. And West Virginia offensive tackle Yadni Kajust will not be in attendance as well. We also have several call-ups from the other All-Star games. Offensive lineman Oli Udo from Elon is coming up from the Shrine game to replace Kajust. And running back Wes Hills out of Slippery Rock will join from the NFL PA game. Any thoughts on these guys before we get going, Tony? Well, first of all, I think this is going to kill L.J. Scott's draft stock. I mean, here's a guy that's been consistently injured much of the past two years, especially this year. I was really hoping he was going to play. The fact that he's got to sit out with an, uh, an ankle injury, the senior ball, after uh, you know more than a, almost a month, that's really going to hurt his draft stock. I think it's also going to hurt Clayton Thorson. He had a lot to prove. Again, another injury in, in the bowl game after uh, getting severely injured in the 2017 bowl game. I'm disappointed that Yadni Kajust is not going to be there. I know a lot of people grade him as a first-rounder. I right now has, have him as a second-rounder. I don't think he's first-round talent. I think the senior bowl really would have dictated a lot. But I am very excited to see Wes Hills, the running back from Slippery Rock. I had Wes Hills highly rated in 2016 when he played at Delaware, was academically ineligible during the 2017 season, uh, transferred to uh, Slippery Rock, and absolutely tore it up this year. So this is going to be a great place for him to showcase his skills. All right, we'll start by looking at the quarterbacks here. We already went over Thorson and his missed opportunity, but there is a lot of opportunity ahead for this crop of QBs. As you often say, Tony, the senior bowl can be a kingmaker at the quarterback position, and we have several intriguing players to look at. Two quarterbacks I'm watching closely on the North squad are Drew Locke from Missouri and Daniel Jones of Duke. With Locke, the athleticism is there, the arm is there, the consistency really hasn't been throughout his career Really could see a consistent week of practice from him. Would go a long way for his draft stock. Daniel Jones is a guy we've discussed often in this space. I want to see his accuracy continue to shine through in practices and what he does with a stronger supporting cast than what he's used to at Duke. Usually he's going up against a defense with better players and better prospects than the guys around him. So now that the field is kind of leveled out a little bit, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like. I also like Ryan Finley, but not sure what he can really do this week to make me think he's more than just a high-level NFL backup or a spot starter type of guy. Just has an average arm, questionable decision-making at times, doesn't do enough to make up 
for the fact that he just doesn't have that arm to fit the ball into tight windows or challenge deep consistency. We're going to look at the South, and I see Tyree Jackson and Will Greer and Jarrett Stidham, who have a lot on the line. Stidham will need to show that he can perform outside the shackles of the Auburn offense. He was a poor fit with the Tigers. A lot of Stidham supporters have pointed to that as a reason he struggled this year. Well, he needs to perform at the Senior Bowl when he's away from that. Otherwise, it's going to all fall on deaf ears. Will Greer, on the other hand, was a great fit with Dana Holgerson. You want to see him perform outside of that system. He does get to play with his top target, David Sills, so he'll have a little familiarity there, which is a nice boost for him. And then Jackson was a late add to replace Thorson, who obviously got hurt, as you mentioned. Now, Jackson's a guy we've discussed. He's a monster at 6'7", a great athlete. He's got a big arm. But like Locke, a consistent week where he shows good accuracy and decision-making will really go a long way for Tyree Jackson as a potential developmental day three pick. Tony, what do you think of the quarterback crop for this year's Senior Bowl? Well, I mean, basically... All the top-rated quarterbacks not named Dwayne Haskin or Kyler Murray are going to be in attendance. So the the fact that these guys aren't highly, highly rated is one thing, but it's going to be very exciting because a lot of the guesswork is going to be taken out of it for the teams. I mean, Daniel Jones, in my opinion, has the most to gain from any quarterback. He is the guy that if he pulls a Phillip Rivers or if he pulls a Carson Wentz, he's going to make a major march up draft boards. And what do I mean when I say that? As I said, I've been every senior bowl practice since 2000. And I saw Philip Rivers come to the senior bowl as a potential late first round pick. He was phenomenal all week, moved to the fourth selection of the draft. I saw Joe Flacco come in as a late second round pick. There was just a huge buzz around him. He ended up go, move, improving his stock to the middle of round one. Carson Wentz, another guy. Uh, I mean, basically played just a portion of his senior season because of a broken uh, broken bone in his wrist. Came back, had a great uh, championship game. And I said before that senior ball, if he had a good one, if he had a good week, he would move into the top 10. Guy was before the senior ball was graded as a mid-first round pick, moved to the second uh, selection of draft, and then last year with Baker Mayfield. So I think Daniel Jones has that ability. I'll disagree with you about Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley can help his draft stock a lot. If he shows the ability to drive those deep passes with speed and his long throws are not hanging in the air, he's going he's gonna to help himself. Now remember, Ryan Finley was graded as the highest-rated quarterback coming into the season by NFL scouts who gave him a first-round grade. He got beat up a bit. Tyler Jones did not play well at left tackle, which uh, I think hurt uh, Finley a lot. We saw Tyler Jones. We talked about him last week at the uh, uh, Shrine Game or uh, last week during Shrine Game practices, really getting beat, beaten up. And that's what hurt uh, Ryan Finley, I believe, in part. Uh, I'm excited to see Jarrett Stidham, a guy who was great off the 2017 film, did have a disappointing 2018. There were some questions there about the system. There's some questions there about the relationship with the coach. We'll see what happens now that he's going to be playing in an NFL system, which I think fits Jarrett Stidham. And, of course, Tyree Jackson. I mean, the guy looks like a power forward behind center. He can make all the throws, but you don't know where he's where the passes are going to uh, end up. If Tyree Jackson has a very accurate week throwing the ball uh, during senior bowl practices, he's going to make a big march up draft boards as well. I'm glad you mentioned Finley uh, disagreeing with me a little bit. Again, I like him, and I will gladly take the L if he goes out there and he's fitting passes into tight windows if he is driving those deep balls. I don't necessarily see it on tape, but if he can do that on the field in Mobile, I'll completely reverse course on uh, on my talk of his ceiling there not being much more than a high-level backup. Now I'll head to the running back position, where I know we were both excited to see Miles Gaskin, so it's really unfortunate that he's out of this game. He was going to be the best back there, most likely. The south back to watch for me is Temple's Ryquel Armstead. 
Now, he's another guy we mentioned before, the injury issues for LJ Scott. Rykel Armstead has also had injury issues throughout his career, but he has feature back size. He has good quickness. That's always an intriguing combination, which makes him a guy that I really want to watch this week to see what he's able to do. On the north side, Memphis's Tony Pollard was actually a late add to the game, but he's a really fun player. Seven kick return touchdowns in his career, which is tied for the all-time NCAA record. He's a good receiver. He's got great bursts. He averaged almost 10 yards per carry on limited opportunities the last two years. I think he had about 90 carries combined in those seasons. So he's not a kind of guy that's going to be a 12 to 15 touch player, but he's an exciting guy who can make some noise in a setting like this. Tony, what are your thoughts on Armstead and Pollard or any of the other backs? I know you mentioned Wes Hills earlier. You know, you want to see Pollard uh, during the drills uh, in practice, but he's one of those guys where the game may mean more to him than practices because of his return skills. You want to see what happens when he lines up uh, a week from Saturday or next Saturday, I should say, and starts returning kicks. Uh, I like Reichwell Armstead. I want to see if he shows any quickness, any burst, more of a downhill uh, between the tackles type of run. I want to see his hands, see if he has any ability to run east-west. Same sort of situation with uh, Dexter Williams of Notre Dame. Again, a bigger guy, more de- more of a downhill guy. Doesn't show great creativity. We'll see what happens uh, during Senior Bowl week. Karan Hidgen, I mean, a guy who is small but plays big. You know, is he going to be able to take a pounding at the next level, or does he show some ability to create yardage? Uh, not a great uh, group of uh, running backs, but then again, you know, it, it, there, there is not a lot of quality in the 2019 uh, draft at the running back position. So it's to be expected. Now we'll get to the pass catchers and offensive linemen in just a moment. But first, please be sure to support the draft analysts by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms. You can also find us at Believe.com. Leave us a rating and a review. And if you ask a question in your review, we'll do our best to answer it on the show if there's any time at the end. You can also tweet us questions at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe Podcast to get in touch with the show as well. Now, taking a look at the receivers here, the big name that I see is Debo Samuel on the South Squad. Bounced back really nicely from his broken leg in 2017. 62 receptions, 882 yards, and 11 touchdowns this year. He's got good size at six foot, 210 pounds. He's great after the catch and on returns. He has solid hands. And I think a great week here could push him into top 45 consideration, if not higher. The South is also full of some other big-bodied receivers, guys like David Sills, Anthony Johnson, Jalen Smith, Tyree Brady from Marshall, Travis Fulgham, who is a Week 5 riser over at DraftAnalyst.com out of Old Dominion. What they'll need to do is they'll need to prove what last year's bigger receivers struggled to, and that's the ability to separate with anything but size and just that they have the baseline NFL speed to separate from defenders. Then there's Hunter Renfro, a guy whose polished skills should serve him well in the Senior Bowl setting. The North features Andy Isabella, who we've raved about on this podcast. He's just 5'10", 195, but he has excellent hands, runs great routes. His speed and bursts are excellent. I'll be watching him, and I'll also be watching Alex Wesley from Northern Colorado. Now, Wesley's just 6'184", but he has great speed and acceleration. He's excellent in space. He's got good ball skills. Tony, who are you watching at receiver? Well, we're obviously going to watch Anthony Johnson of Buffalo, a guy who I've been enamored with the past uh, two seasons. Does he have any speed? Does he have any burst? Or is he just winning out for the 50-50 throws? That, that's going to be pretty significant. Obviously, we want to, want to watch Andy Isabella. 
from Massachusetts. Want to see if he has any speed. You know, he was a uh, high school track champion. Scouts estimated his playing speed at 4.55. Evidently, he times much faster. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Penny Hart of Georgia State is another interesting case. A smaller guy who's explosive, who has downfield uh, speed and can be a vertical receiver. Want to see how he does. Want to see if he really deserved the invitation to the Senior Bowl as a fourth-year junior ahead of a guy like Keyshawn uh, Johnson from Fresno State, who we we saw tore up the Shrine game last week. You know, we we will get in a future podcast. We will talk about all the underclassmen that have entered and how it's really turned off and have really really upset a lot of people. You know, this is a situation with Penny Hart getting a Senior Bowl invite uh, rather than Keyshawn Johnson that has really got people up in arms. Uh, Terry McLaurin has been up and down throughout his Ohio State career. Want to see how he does. Same thing with Jalen Smith of Louisville. Smith was graded as a fifth-round pick by scouts coming into the year. I graded him as a third-round selection, and he fell flat last year. He was it, it was just not a good situation. It was not a good situation for he or Louisville. This will give him an opportunity to kind of right the ship. Now, the tight end group isn't quite as exciting as the receivers, mostly day three guys, but there are still some intriguing talents there. The most intriguing ones to me, Donald Parham from Stetson and Dax Raymond from Utah State. Now, Parham is 6'8", so he's got offensive tackle height. He's thin. He's only about 240 pounds, but he put up some huge numbers at Stetson. 85 catches this year, 1,319 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's got good speed and athleticism for his size. But it'll be interesting to see how he holds up. I mentioned he's 240, and for a 6'8 guy, that's lean. So we're going to have to see what he does in line and how he is able to compete as a blocker. Dax Raymond is a little bit similar. He's certainly not quite as tall as Barham. He wasn't as productive this year at Utah State. But he's a smooth athlete with receiving ability. He's got some after-the-catch skills as well. But like Parham, how he holds up as a blocker will be key down in Mobile. If they do hold up, they'll be very intriguing to teams as move prospects and guys that are catch-first tight ends. What do you make of the position, Tony? Well, you know, with Parham, you want to see, and, and, and with Dax Raymond, but I'll stick with Parham right now, you want to see if he's got any speed. You know, is he able to get off the line? Is he able to get down the seam? Or was he just a six-foot, eight-and-a-half-inch tight end with 36-inch arms, reportedly, that was able to win out on a very small school uh, college level of football. He's got to show that, you know, it was, it was just, it was more, he's more has the talent rather than he was just beating up on the competition. Dax Raymond, I also want to see some speed. He was a terrific pass catcher in that Utah State system. But was it the player or was it the system? I've been a fan of Josh Oliver the past three years. He's very efficient. But again, six, four and a half goes about 245, 250 pounds. Does he have any speed at all? One guy, I, I, I know he's listed as a, uh, as a fullback. H-back, Trevon Wesco, someone who wasn't even graded by scouts coming into the year. If you read my preseason report on West Virginia, I had him as a uh, sixth, seventh round selection. He's built more like a blocking tight end, 6'3", 265 pounds, not really a pass catcher. But again, a guy who, if he shows blocking skills, moves into the late rounds and could be a, posit- could be a productive number three tight end at the next level. Now, I'll wrap up the show with a look at the offensive line. On the outside, I'm watching Washington's Caleb McGarry and Kansas State's Dalton Risner from the north. Now, McGarry has held his own in some of his tougher matchups this season. At times, he's been overshadowed by Trey Adams, who we've mentioned several times on this podcast, was the top-rated senior prospect on a lot of scouts' boards entering the season. Obviously, he's had his share of injuries. He's going to go back to school for his senior season. But McGarry moves well, should get work at both tackle and guard, with the latter being his potential NFL home. 
Now, Risner is a guy who's really divisive in the scouting community. Metrics are very kind to him. He hasn't allowed a sack since 2016. Scouts aren't quite as kind, stamping him with late third-day grades. So he's definitely a guy to watch down there to see which side of the spectrum he's going to fall closer to. Now, there are two small schoolers to watch on the South team, and that's the guy we mentioned earlier, Elon's Oli Udo, who's a call-up from the Shrine game where he looked great. It'll be fun to see if he can handle another jump in competition here. He handled the one from Elon to the Shrine game. Let's see if he can handle the jump from the Shrine game to the Senior Bowl. The other guy I'm looking at on the small school scale is Alabama State's Titus Howard. Now, he's a possible top 75 pick after entering the season as a late rounder. He moves well, he blocks with good fundamentals, and could really be a big riser if he holds his own this week. Now, taking a look at the interior alignment, Drew Samia is a bulldozing guard for the South squad, so he's going to be fun to watch in the run game. Elton Jenkins is a center to watch. He has size, movement skills, could also see some time at guard as well, so he's got some versatility as an interior lineman. For the North team, Eric McCoy is a solid pivot. I know for you, he's your number two center behind Jenkins, and they're kind of similar players. Chris Lindstrom from Boston College moved from tackle inside to guard, which is where his NFL future lies. He's a really good run blocker as well. Tony, what are your thoughts on some of these guys and the others along the O-line? Well, the interesting thing is to see if they move these guys around. You know, Reisner's listed as a tackle. Some people project him to center. I have him as a guard. Let's see where they move him around, if they move him around. You know, same thing with Titus Howard. Yeah, college tackle, is he going to be tall enough to play tackle? Or do they push him inside the guard? One thing I like about Howard is, and I think you're going to see this next week, is his ability to block in motion. He's very nimble. He's very agile. He gets out on the second level. May not be the strongest guy in the world. May get overpowered in some of those one-on-ones. But I think if they use him in motion, he's really going to stand out. Very, very intrigued and very excited to see Eric McCoy. He's a guy who I've had graded as a potential second-day pick since his redshirt freshman season. Not the biggest guy in the world, but like uh, Titus Howard, a mobile athletic guy who can get out and block in motion. I like Dennis Daly of South Carolina a lot, a guy who I've, uh, I, I've really talked a lot about since the beginning of the season. Very underrated, uh, strong, uh, rel- relatively strong at the point, decent footwork and pass coverage. Chris Lindstrom of the, of the guard tackle from Boston College has been a favorite of mine for the past three years. Sort of a Chris Snee type of a blocker. If you, anybody out there remembers Chris Snee, small area guy, but tough slug it out. You know, Max Sharping of Northern Illinois is another one of those guys. College tackle who I project to guard, other people project to guard. Let's see if they move him around. A lot of versatility in, in this group of offensive linemen, Elton Jenkins, center who can also play guard, Andre Dillard, tackle who could play guard. Uh, I would expect a lot of movement with these guys where they're going to be playing positions other, th- where, other than where they lined up uh, on the college level. And that's it for episode number 27 of the Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to send us questions to answer on the show. We have another show out this weekend for you covering the defensive players to watch in Mobile. So keep your eyes out for that and head on over to draftanalyst.com for all your NFL draft needs. On behalf of Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Good night.